And they look at me and say, you know, this takes like three months or so at least to do, you know, all the process. And look, I don't have three months. I have like three hours. If it's not you, I'm going to go to the next bank. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Loomi Tech and sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Turing, Upwest Labs, and Hillel at Stanford. Drones are taking the world by a storm with more and more opportunities in the industry. Meet Didi Horn, the CEO of SkyX. SkyX, founded by Didi Horn in 2016, is a data company that delivers aerial intelligence, analytics, and predictive analytics on long linear infrastructure. The primary missions include inspecting energy and rail infrastructure, as well as providing border surveillance. SkyX's high-quality data enables organizations to make informed decisions on asset health and execute preventative maintenance strategies with confidence, reduce risks associated with remote assets, and lower maintenance and insurance costs. Didi Horn, thank you for joining me on 20 Minute Leaders, all the way from uh, the East Coast right now, right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm currently in Pennsylvania, and it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm I'm really appreciative that you're here. Uh, you know, you're running a startup based out of Canada, but with offices also in Romania and and now in Israel. I believe recently I saw it on CTEC a big announcement. And and what you're doing is truly fascinating because it really is the future. And I, and I personally get so excited about uh, companies that are looking at where where the market needs to be in you know five ten years and how to add real value with deep technology. And so I, I love what you're doing with uh, with unmanned uh, uh, aircraft. So Didi. Without me giving too much away, tell me a little bit about what you do, and then I'd love to go all the way back at how you started your whole journey. Amazing. So Skyx um, founded in 2016 with the main idea was to bring data from the air or bird's eye view data from anywhere, right, to any location at any given time without all the complexity that involves within this process uh, that currently you have if you're looking for such a, for such elements to the ability to track and to see everywhere and get it, you know, on a website, on a dashboard and use it mainly for commercial market, oil and gas, railways, um, transmission lines, border patrols, all of those. That was really in, in, the, in the mindset when we built the Skyx. Right. So take me back to the pain point. Where are we today in 2020 or, or even better, where are we in 2016 when you're saying like, wow, there's this whole gap. We have this whole space that we're not able to even understand. Why do we need unmanned aircraft to take a, above footage? All right. So let me share with you a secret of the industry. So after, after leaving the Air Force for almost a decade full of service, uh, where my last position was in the headquarters responsible for future unmanned system, whatever they do and implementation, you know, within the military and between the industries and all that, um, I took a time off. And like many other, um, I, you know, graduate of the Israeli service, uh, usually you go to Thailand, South America, do some, some sort of that trip. Instead of having that, I went to conferences um, and exhibitions <laughs> of oil and gas right now. I didn't have any clue about the oil and gas industry at all. And I went to those conferences because I had, you know, I got feeling that if I'll be patient enough and will sit on the booth of Shell or Exxon or Chevron, all those giants, right, that usually they will not speak to me. But in conference, first, 
I would assume that, you know, the CEO or the VPs will come to see the exhibition because they're having a good time and they will be very prone to speak. They're really prone to sell the product. So I came to them, right? And I was uh, kind of uh, fancy looking with a jacket and all that. And I was, I would describe myself as having the technology that I envisioned, right? I told them, what if I have right now a company based in Israel doing one, two, three? Would you, you know, it will interest you. Uh, another time I, I, I shared as kind of another fellow oil company, small size from Israel or other places, and told them that I heard about this new invention, what they think about it. And what strikes me, and I, I really remember that, is every time I asked this question, they, their response was, you know what, we have no idea what's going on on our pipelines. We have no idea how to monitor it. Uh, and right now, whatever we're using is very inefficient. So if what you have, you really have it, that's for sure something that we would like to, uh, to have with, uh, with us. So what, what is happening today in the, in the oil and gas and, you know, all those industries where you have a bunch of, uh, I'm guessing, infrastructure, you have a bunch of, a lot of things on the ground. Why is it so hard for them to keep maintenance and keep an eye on, on what's happening there? Why, why is it so difficult? So coming from a small country like, like, like we do, you know, from Israel, um, you think that, you know, oil and gas pipelines, I don't know, 200, 300, 400 kilometers, um, equivalent of like 200 miles. And you fairly can engage, you know, every, every inch of it. But m- going forward to or l- looking at the U.S. market, which is probably by far the largest oil and gas industry, or Russia, or South America, or Africa, you have those lines that has been built, you know, literally a century ago. On 1920 to 1950, most of the pipelines have been built. And, and they're running all over the place on very high... You know, places that you cannot even engage, you cannot see them. So even to fly to right. fly an aircraft like regular airplane, it, it takes time. It takes logistic. Now, put aside the fact that let's say you don't have the capability, but let's say you manage to go through it and you can fly above with I don't know Cessna or any other helicopter or whatever that be. Right? Then you need to fly consistently on the same route over and over. You need to download all the information. Right. You need to upload it to a computer. You need to translate it to something. And then in the end of the day, what those companies were getting were like a notebook saying, I was here, I was done that, looks fine. Now, that's great for a report after an incident, you know, uh, to cover yourself, right? right? To say, yes, I checked that, but nobody looked at it. It's like 600 pages report for whatever. And what I told those companies said, look, if I can bring you, you don't really care what am I flying out there, right? It doesn't matter if it's a drone, Cessna, satellite, or, or, or spaceship. It doesn't matter, right? For you, I'm bringing you a photo, and I'm not bringing you a raw image. I'm bringing you an actionable item, meaning you see an image, and you say, okay, I found this, this, and that, right? So you know to send your technicians or your oper- operator guy, go there, fix that. You know to prioritize your issues. So even those giant companies with really budgets that we, we cannot understand, right? Like they, they can own countries if they want to. Um, they were looking to an efficient way to save money, not in three years' time, but tomorrow morning. And, and we believe that with our product, um, we managed to bring it far in advance than any other company. So they don't really care that it's a drone, that it's this deep technology thing. They don't care if there is a person there or, or, or if it's nothing. All they care about is that they get better images and better actionable items than 
whatever their current solution is, uh, which could be manpower, it could be helicopters, it could be whatever, right? But 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 really, the, the what I what I'm getting excited about here, which is the technology, that's not even what you're selling to to these companies, right? So, someone really? told someone told wow. me that, someone told me in the past, you know. I, I love airplanes, I don't know, from the you know, days I was a kid and through the Air Force, obviously. And, I, and, you know, our drone that we built in-house is probably the coolest you can get. But that's only get you through the door, right? That's, they, they excite by that. So they say, right. okay, oh my God, this is a drone company, let's bring them over. As soon as I walk inside the door right. and I'm sitting on the first meeting with the company, I said, look, you see this cool drone? That's the last time you will see it. My responsibility is you will never get to see it any anytime again because you want to consume data. You don't care. What am I flying? That's my issue. That's not none of your business. You stay focused on your own. Now, again, bear in mind those companies has you know fleet of jets. They have fleet of airplanes for themselves. They don't care for the money. Right. They care every time that you bring system to Shell or Chevron or those giants. You need to train everyone from the top to the bottom on that you know sophisticated uh, system. And when I came to, come to them and say, hey, you know what? Put all that aside. You get picture to your screen. That's it. You don't care. What do I do to create those pictures to your screen? That's basically what we provide them. So how do you balance then as an entrepreneur uh, uh, running a startup at the end that is growing, but it is a startup. And uh, you know, a lot of the times you hear focus, focus, focus. So how do you balance focusing on building this drone that needs to do this very complicated behavior, which we don't see today in, in the skies, right? I was just, uh, the other day I was uh, lying on, on the Tel Aviv beach before the lockdown, of course, with my girlfriend and we're, we saw this helicopter and we said, wow, how is it possible that there's only one vehicle in the sky right now? What's going to be in 10 years? So, so on one hand, you're building that technology. On the other hand, you're educating the market and you have to go and sell you know, software to these companies in, in, a, in a way that they're actually going to enjoy. So how do you focus on these two things equally to bring that solution? So we did uh, two things, or, or I decided very early on to, to take two routes. Um, I understood that, you know, the drones, like you say, can be applicable to probably any industry. And like I started with, we can be relevant to, to transmission line and railways and, and border patrol and everything you can mention that is long distance infrastructure that currently doesn't have such solution. And I decided from all of those, I think the oil and gas market will be the first one to adopt such technology. And the main reason for it is because they have the lines, they already are outside urban areas, which make the regulator or the country more favorable to approve flight outside the city to protect the you know, citizens from potential leak or spills or theft of oil, than to approve it to fly you know, downtown Manhattan above some, some you know, people on the streets, right? That's probably a uh, um, um, faster route. The second thing that, I cho- that we choose is that right. we're not selling hardware. We're selling data as a service, right? Like software as a service, but that data as a service. And when we come to the customer and say, those awesome hardwares that we creating in-house because currently nobody else know how to create, and we did it and we signed patents on it, still, you pay data as a service. And when you pay data as a service for them, it's like you and I using Gmail and we don't know, have no clue how many servers Google, you know, maintaining. So you and I can open Gmail every day and we'll have our emails every day. Um, That's what we were trying to sell them. Is there a cool factor by the fact that you're saying, yeah, look, I'm selling you data, but really 
look, I have, there's this really awesome drone that is collecting it. Is that an, does that give you an edge? Is that relevant at all? I think the edge that we're really getting is that the fact that you have those, this autonomous drone that can fly really remote, like we, fly, we flew drones from Toronto above the skies of Mexico, right? Or at the other side of Canada, <laughs> while the guy is sitting in Toronto. Um, the fact that you can do that and have the drones fly over and over and over and again and create this database that eventually will turn this data to what we call the big data and will provide the customer predictive analytics. But if the predictive analytics meaning is that, you know, I, I, I flew above, 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 above this line, I found something. Next day, I, I saw that this thing, this hole in the ground got expanded and then expanded again. Now I can take this, drive that to the customer and say, look, if you don't, don't take any action tomorrow, this is the size of the hole gonna get. This predictive analytics is valuable information that nobody can provide to you. I'll give you one more example, a quick example. We did a project with a uh, with, uh, with company in Canada here. I cannot uh, share the name, but huge company in Canada. And that was during the pandemic. And they asked us to fly above some houses. They approved to fly above houses and see that, you know, everything is going smooth with the line. And we, we flew once a week. So we flew one time, we saw a house. The next week, we saw nothing. And then the next week, we saw another house. So in Canada, it's very common to, you know, dis distract your house and build a, a new one kind of, you know, renovations. And it can take literally two weeks to do it. But what we found is that what the difference was that now he did dig a hole to build a basement beneath the ground. What he didn't know is the pipeline of oil that runs all the way to Toronto going underneath his house. So that's something that's so valuable that you cannot track by, you know, men going to the street taking pictures or Cessna that fly one time. You need something consistent that will fly every day of the week. Wow. No, that, that's, that, that's really, really interesting. Why Canada? Why Romania? How, I, I, I know a lot of startups that started in Tel Aviv. You served for 10 years in the Israeli Air Force. You're from Israel. I know a lot of companies of Israelis that go to San Francisco and Palo Alto. Not too much of Canada. So what, what's happening over there? True. So, so let me tell you that, that I found Toronto is one of the greatest tech hubs um, that I think right now is evolving. I think much, much faster than, uh, than Palo Alto and San Francisco and probably New York, Los Angeles, or any other hub like this. They really take serious care about startups around here. And that's, that's very nice to see. But when I got here, that was not the reason. We looked for a country that has significant amount of uh, long infrastructures, such oil and gas, very progressive regulation towards um, drones and fly drones, and kind of Western economy. Uh, and unfortunately, in Israel right now, to fly drones freely is fairly hard. Because, you know, we're a small country and the Air Force kind of control everything and everything is so operational and you need to be very defense oriented. Um, in Canada, there is, you know, huge amount of space where nobody leaves and there is pipelines. And we knew that the, to approve flight above those routes would be much easier than to fly, you know, near Tel Aviv or something like that. Right. That makes sense. And then Romania? So, so Eastern Europe, and it's not just Romania, we open mainly from software developers like we do right now in, in Israel. We found great talents. And I think on, on, uh, on uh, cost versus the performance that we're getting from them, they right. are really, really great guys that we found, really talented, um, different approach that we, that we liked. Um, you know Palo Alto better than me, and the rates there for software developers are crazy. Probably second to that is only Israel. Um, so we needed to find some, you know, as a startup to find some uh, economy on that. 
Um, we have an office in, in the U.S. that is mainly towards sales, sales and marketing in the U.S. And uh, our intention is over in the future to open another office in the UAE, looking to have something, some partnership and sell to the GCC area because we believe that's another culture, another market that we want to expand to. I love that. So, Didi, uh, tell me a little bit about you, about your entrepreneurial journey. What are some of the, the, the you know, the, the biggest challenges that maybe you faced, whether it's, you know, emotionally or, or, te- or you know, mentally, intellectually with, with building su- such a complicated concept, right? It's, it's not just another, uh, you know, app, mobile app. It's really, you know, a, a big, big, you know, operational supply chain that you're, that you're providing here. What, what are some of the craziest challenges that you've had to overcome? So you asked about Canada, and, and as soon as this idea, I brought it to, to, to our investors, and they were agreed to that, and they saw it as actually good for the company. I found myself, right, with 1.5 million US dollar as a kind of seed round, um, sent to Canada, where I visited the first time. Don't know how to open business. Don't know how to create a team. Don't know how to open a business account in, you know, Canadian bank. And I remember one, one event in, in specifically when I, when I got into one of the largest uh, um, banks in Canada called CIBC, and I'm entering the front door on, on, the, on the main branch in downtown. So I'm, hey, I'm new in town. I'm opening a business here. I need to transfer money. I need to open a business, et cetera, et cetera. And they're looking at me and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an immigrant. I have not, no credit report. I have no account with them. They, they don't know me. And they look at me and say, you know, this takes like three months or so at least to do, you know, all the process. And they look, I don't have three months. I have like three hours. If it's not you, I'm going to go to the next <laughs> bank. And the next thing happened is that, you know, the manager of the bank came to me and I'm like nothing. I, I'm like no one. Nobody knows me. Right? I'm no whatever. And, and things moving. And, and the greatest challenge to find yourself with this heavy lift on your shoulder, not to fundraise for your vision, because that's hard, but the point in time, always, when I finish a round and you get the money in the bank and all of a sudden, you know what, now you don't have any excuses. You have all the money you, you requested, go ahead, make it happen. I think that's the greatest challenge for an entrepreneur. For me, it was added to the, to the ability to mix the culture of Israelis and Canadians and create a mesh of a great team and great talents and know to appreciate each one culture and benefit from it. Right. I think a lot of, I hear a lot of people talking about how, you know, fundraising is one of the most difficult jobs of, of the entrepreneur and the CEO, but really it, it is the day after. Now you have the money in the bank and, and now you're saying, okay, well now what? Now I have all this responsibility from my customers, from my investors, from my employees, how do I execute on this vision that I just sold, both to bring myself to the next round, but to actually, you know, execute on on the things that I said? And which leads me, I think, to to the most interesting question here: what what is in store for for Skyx, and where do you see the world in you know five ten years in terms of the the problems that you're trying to face, whether it's through Skyx or or any other competitor that may rise? So really, in the mindset of Skyx is not to provide services to one company or another, be it the oil and gas company or any other company. Um, in the mindset of Skyx is really to provide a useful information from the air in the accessibility that every person can, can get to. So if tomorrow you want to build your house, you enter into some website, let's call it skyx.com, and you say, okay, I want to see this area for the past, I don't know, three months or how it's going to look like for the next three months. And you just order photos of this area. Now, it sounds like, okay, that's nice to have. I don't really need it. It's true. 
But if you are infrastructure, like huge infrastructure, you do need right. that you consume this data. So our goal is to get in probably two to three years time to ability to track at least 50 to 100,000 kilometer on daily basis. Once you have access to 100,000 kilometers on daily basis, you know, you can save animals from unauthorized poaching in Africa. You can find lost childs in the forest in Canada. We did it once. You can track so many, like the fires in San Francisco as they happen and determine where do you need to, fire, to send the fire teams before the fire ignite and not after. All this valuable information that we know to appreciate in our daily life, you know, through our uh, um, phones and, and, and watches and, right. and it's not, not, not exist on bird's eye view. So we right. think that we already proved and still proving for the next two years the ability to make this happen in very efficient means. And we're hoping that by then we'll be contracting or partnering or growing to scale it 10, time, 10 times as much to a point where you can spread it you know, really across the globe. Uh, I, I just love that vision. Didi, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. This was just wonderful. Uh, before we leave, I have to ask the most important question, which is three words that you would use to describe yourself. <laughs> it's probably the toughest one. Um, of course. <laughs> determined, unforgivable, and always dreaming. I love that. Didi, thank you so, so much. This was just wonderful. And stay safe and stay healthy. I, I look forward to seeing what happens with SkyX. It was amazing. Thank you very much for your time. Take care. Thank you.